Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with SM. Hello, everyone. Hello. I love that episode of Seinfeld. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we got nothing. It's a struggle, guys. It's a struggle. Content creation, man. Right? Get burnt out. What are you going to do? Want to hear some terrible news stories? No. Alrighty then. Let's. Uh, so onward. We're gonna we're gonna breeze past that. No, thank you. So I guess well, uh, is now the time to play, guys? Really? Oh my god! Come here, the Crowley. dogs. Like right now. The dogs always wait. <laughs> they have been sleeping all day, and now they, <laughs> now they want to fight and play. God well, damn at, least, it. at least he's not raping your arm, right? Please you started that down. doing That's disgusting. Wide open elbow. <laughs> the second, the second I sat down, he tried that nonsense, and then he moved on. <sighs> Another playing. All right, so I'm gonna try to ignore them and see see if you knew about this. This was big news, but I know you try to avoid the news, Maggie. Um. So federal agents carried out one of the largest immigration raids in recent history uh, last week. I do know week, about this, and I don't want to talk about it. Arresting nearly 700 workers at, this is what I didn't know, at chicken processing plants. And these were in Mississippi. The reason this interests me is because, as you know, when I was doing pest control, I did the pest control at a chicken processing plant. Yeah. Pretty major one. Yeah, I know. That I won't name. but uh, And it was disgusting. Mm -hmm. And they they mostly... Uh, just off the top of my head, I'd say it was at least 90% um, like Hispanic. Uh, people working there didn't speak English or anything. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was, I'll say 70 to 90. I, I don't know. You know, it, it was a 24-hour gig there, and I, I was only there. I was there once a week for about two hours every week. Uh, so I did see a lot. When I worked in staffing, it was always a struggle to find a place to to send spanish speaking individuals yeah because cleveland has a very large spanish speaking population not because we're close to <laughs> we're close to canada actually right. um but it's because we have a lot of people from puerto rico oh that's actually where the spanish speaking population comes from in cleveland well, this was uh, this was like south of Akron, where I was still pretty close to Cleveland. But the, this is actually what I want to address, though, is the fact that okay, and it's it is it's disgusting. I remember I had to go in the kill room. They have a room that's called the kill room, and it's lit by black lights, and it's where they they kill the chickens, like and yeah, people, and then they put yeah. them on these hooks. And this is the worst. <laughs> this is hey, anyway. I'm reading this article. I said no. I said breeze past this. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is what I think the real problem is with illegal Probably. immigration is the fact that uh, and this is a this is an article from from NPR it says so far, the government has had the government crackdown has had little effect on the wider food processing industry. Uh, it's a, a dangerous business that is heavily reliant on immigrant labor. Which again, I, I've, I've seen firsthand. Really, guys, can you just lay down? Can you just. <laughs> For the love of God, get under a blanket here. Dogs are like your stories are bumming us out. <laughs> trying to do, trying to do like serious news here, folks. <laughs> do, Crowley, come on, you got, you gotta, 
just just please. All right. So the Trump administration says its crackdown helps discourage illegal immigration. However, here's here's the real problem is they don't do any like so these plants in Mississippi employ all these people illegally. Mm hmm. They don't go after the business owners like the, these are big corporations, right. big money makers. Right. That's the real problem. They're providing the opportunity. That's why we have. Right. That's why Correct. people want to come here because right. there are job opportunities. Correct. So why why isn't the pursuit? Why isn't it of the people who are providing the incentive for these people to come here illegally? Correct. And this is one thing that everybody's always said is Trump. I guarantee Trump has. Employed and, and probably currently employs illegal immigrants. Correct. Again, working in pest control, uh, going into, you know, doing a lot of hotels and stuff. And you see the maintenance staff and the kitchen staff and anybody who's been to a hotel, they know there's a lot of immigrants that, that work in these hotels. Yeah. What are you going to do? It, that's they need to deal with the people like that's where the, the, the crime is, is they're literally offering jobs. The crime, according to Trump, you mean? Well, no, I mean, it is illegal to be here. You know, if you're an illegal immigrant, that's illegal, right? But I, I just don't feel like that it's important to crack down on these people who are barely making a living. They're, they're getting, un, you know what I mean? They're not getting minimum wage or anything. The reason that, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> the reason that that job exists for these, quote unquote, illegal immigrants, which they are illegal immigrants. It's not a quote unquote, I guess. Right. Is because nobody else wants to fucking do it. Exactly. So. And instead of. They're not taking anyone's jobs. Nobody no, wants no, to do it. Exactly. Nobody's. There's not people lined up to, to kill chickens. That's not a thing. I'm not. Right. So. I mean, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's all, all this Trump administration stuff where they're like, oh, we got to get the illegal. So you want to go after the people who have jobs and families and are established here. Those are the problem. Immigrants are always talking about the, the, the rapists and murderers. He's always talking about that's coming from Mexico. These people that have jobs and are just they're trying to keep their head down and get by on a, on a very low paying job because they're here illegally. And instead of like he should, but he he will never do it. Nobody will ever do it. If, if it's truly a problem, if, it, if it's in it, it's right. Not. If you're going to raid these places and you're going to take all these people in and then leave all these children to come home to no parents. Right. If you're going to do this, if you're going to do this to people, then the next step is to attack the the employer. Exactly. And like this in this article, because if says, it was a small company that was employing these. Oh, yeah. That company would be shut down in a heartbeat. But because it's a major corporation, the company gets away scot-free. No, exactly. So uh, this guy, uh, Ted Genoway, says, no one ever seems to ask how it is that a company comes to employ a factory full of people who do not have legal immigration status. And ah, it, it's, it just makes me really angry. So you, it, the whole immigration thing, because I, I'm one of those people who sees both sides. Like, yeah, you, you do, you have to have, People, if, if you're going to let people in, they should have to go through, you know, some sort right. of vetting process or whatever. But then you see what they're actually doing to them. They're keeping them in cages. They can't even sit down. They don't have yeah. access to just stuff that prisoners have access to, you know, being able to shower and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know how women it, prisoners, they get those like two tampons, a fucking period cycle. Yeah. Women prisoners treated so well. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I, well, I know I, I did do the. 
I mean, I did a lot of different places doing pest control. So I did the Cleveland uh, jail. Did you guys wonder what the, I'm talking about? Watch the most recent John Oliver episode on women prisoners or the one it, I guess by the time this airs, John Oliver will have aired another so that's one. That's what gets me too is like, that. so, so Jeffrey Epstein killed himself this weekend, right? Right. Suicide watch. Watch. And make sure you commit suicide. Well, here's the, when, when I was, when I was doing pest control in these jails, they didn't have sheets. Like they had, they didn't even have cots. They had like these little plastic mattresses that were about three inches thick and they were on the floor. Sometimes there would be something that would extend from the wall, like a bunk kind of thing. Yeah. But most of the time it was like two or three guys in a cell. Right. But the people that you were they didn't seeing, have sheets, though, is my point. People that you were seeing in the in. First of all, where you were was a jail and he was in a prison. Right. And you weren't seeing where people like Jeffrey Epstein were right. being kept. And as I was saying, if you're wondering what I'm talking about with how women prisoners are, are treated when it comes to their menstrual cycles, watch the John Oliver from the first week of August. So getting back to the the uh, this immigration raid, uh, it says meatpacking remains one of the most dangerous jobs in America. And because of that, for really more than a century, it's been a job that's very often done by first generation immigrants who are just looking for a foot in the door and a way up the economic ladder in America. So they're not taking anybody's jobs again. Uh, and well, I'm not but, trying to go kill chickens. Right. It's it just blows my mind. This the the fact I guess what blows my mind is the fact that all of Trump's supporters, they really think he's doing, you know, they're, they're probably happy right, that he went after the thing, these people. You all know? of Trump supporters, they don't understand in general. Right. Like They don't think for 10 seconds what the actual issue is. So, yep. So I guess all this I, I to guess say. Here's what I'm saying. And I, I don't have a problem with, with immigration and, and letting people into the country. What I'm saying, though, is the way he presents it is all these people are coming in and they're bad for us, right? And, it, and it's not true. And what, what people well, should be questioning is, like, why, though? What is here that they want to do so bad? And it, It's and, a diversion. Right. And the, That's and the all fact it is, is. All these legit corporations are are employing these people but it's it's a diversion and so instead thing. he acts like the the people coming over here are a problem but no if, if there is a problem it's actually the fact that these corporations are hiring people illegally yeah why are they not being pursued and fined and all that stuff because it's all bullshit because large corporations because it's racist it's all just are, racist bullshit yeah that's large, all it really is large corporations are sheltered any, anybody with money is sheltered. That's what I've learned. Yeah. And, and I, like part of me in the whole Jeffrey Epstein killing himself is like, good, you coward. But the other part of me is like, did he kill himself? Oh, well, well let's get into that, too. Well, yeah, that's the thing, too. You, you bring that up. So Trump tweeted out something because the, there's there's two conspiracy theories. One is the obvious one that. uh Epstein obviously had co-conspirators. He didn't do all this stuff by himself. Obviously. Had him killed. But here's the thing. Yeah. The Trump, the Trump people and Trump retweeted this. Think the Clintons had him killed. OK. Yeah. This no. is the shit Trump is retweeting. Oh, so God. it just blows my mind that Bill Clinton couldn't get away with a blowjob in the White House. But they think the Clintons can just kill all these people and get away with it. But meanwhile, he literally couldn't get a blowjob without getting caught. And they th they. How is it that in this many years it's come from like Bill Clinton couldn't get a blowjob to 
Trump has rape accusations, has has literally rape accusations, and I'm pretty sure has fucked children. I'm pretty sure. From the way he's spoken about Epstein before. Yeah. He's been Trump has been named by one of the people who is one of Epstein's accusers. Like Trump has been named. Why? Why would the Clintons go after? Because he took a plane ride with Jeffrey Epstein one time. Meanwhile, he's talking about the suit. Oh, yeah, he's a cool dude. He likes younger girls. But yeah, it's cool. That's <laughs> the cool kind of shit he says. The kind of shit Trump says. Trump, meanwhile, also likes his own daughter. So right. That's he fine. is always trying to fuck his own daughter. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. America's uh, fine. Don't worry about us. We're fine. Trump over is here. a. That's the thing I have to tell myself too, though. I have to remind myself. Trump is a byproduct of what America has become. Again, in the '90s, when I thought racism was done. Everything right? was so much cooler. Everything was fine. And then when I was in like sixth grade and Rodney King got beat up, I was like, what Shocked. is happening? Right. Like, where did these I racist like, people come from? This is terrible news. Yes. This is news. That was it was news, period. Yes. It was like this kind of behavior. I was like, people don't like black people. Right. There are people <laughs> out there judging right. others by the color of their skin. So last week when I when I was covering Spawn, I didn't mention this because it didn't even occur to me. But all the characters in the Spawn comic, all the main characters, including Spawn and his family, they're all black. Which I knew. And again, it, didn't but it like wasn't here. My me. point is, though, is even at the time, it wasn't even news. Yeah. And there was other image comics like Shadowhawk was another one I used to read. And it had a had a black protagonist and he had AIDS. And the, but again, like. Todd McFarlane created Spawn and he decided to do a black family and it wasn't even newsworthy in the in like there's a comic book magazine called Wizard that was like the comic book magazine later on there was one called uh like Hero Illustrated didn't do so well um but this magazines. wasn't even you know what I mean like nobody even brought that up it wasn't significant it, right. it, but nowadays that's like a big deal nowadays Twitter would be all a buzz yeah like oh wow but like, back then it was just like and, and as a reader, I, you, you didn't know. It was just like, oh, you know what I mean? It was just you didn't think about it. It was never like, oh, it's just a person. Yeah, it's a person doing person stuff. You didn't have to worry. Like, or, and at the time, even in you Spawn's never. Spawn's case, it was a person living in a goddamn alley. <laughs> but as a, as a reader back then, I when I would see stuff like this, I, it would never occur to me. Which you know, nowadays we have the diversity agenda. Like back then, it was just a creative choice. Now everybody makes their creative choices based on on political correctness, and that's that's what I don't. I'm not a fan of. So stupid. Uh, All right. Well, you ruined the last 15 minutes of my life. So, <laughs> do you want to move on? Uh, yeah. Okay. What do you want to fight about now? <laughs> I don't think I don't think we were fighting. Oh, were okay. we fighting? No, I don't think so. Hey, remember last week when you kept trying to tell me I was right, and it was like infuriating. <laughs> That was fun. <laughs> that's, that's just so you. Like, yeah, that is me. It's just like it, it's it, I, the only thing I think of to compare it to is is you just like speeding along and then you just hit a brick wall out of nowhere and you're just in, it's like invisible. Yeah, it's like it's like, it's like a glass wall. It's like Wiley Coyote style. <laughs> yeah, and it's and like you're just oh, like okay. what? No, we were doing a thing. It's like no, no, we don't need to do that thing. <laughs> you're right. I'm wrong. Let's move on. So do you want to go first? Should we do it first? No, you you go first. I'm yawning because it's late. It is late. That's very late. Okay. Like, I have to be somewhere in less than 12 hours. 
I'd be somewhere in like six. <laughs> Life is hard. Life is hard when you're adults. Okay. Wait, what did you say? Did you say I go first? I wasn't listening. Yeah, you, I was you yawning. go first because. Okay. So here's how this is going to play out. So this week, I couldn't pick a topic to save my life. And then I was like, all right, so I'm going to research topics. And then I couldn't find anything that was like a full news story or a full topic. So I found a bunch of old timey like stories and examples of back when medicine was stupid. And I thought I would share <laughs> them and we would make fun of how far medicine, medicine was stupid. OK, well, how far is this going to have a lot to do with that Kellogg's guy? No. Oh. Has nothing to do with Kellogg's guy. We've talked about him on the podcast before. Why would we go back there? No, oh, I didn't know if the well was deep. No. So this this first story, this act, this is the story that started this, but it's not long enough to to be a whole segment. So in September of 1726, an English woman named Mary Toft gave birth to something that looked like cat intestines. Jesus. When a local obstetrician named John Howard arrived at her home, he helped Toft then deliver several cat legs and nine dead baby rabbits. Wait, what? <laughs> baffled, Wait, what? baffled by this, Howard wrote to medical experts in London. Soon word of this miraculous birth made, way, made its way to King George I himself. And curious, the king sent Nathaniel St. Andrew, his personal surgeon anatomist. I have so many an questions. Anatomist, I guess. Was to, she actually even pregnant, first of all? To investigate. Was she shoving rabbit legs in her vagina? I'm so confused. Was she eating rabbit? Like, what is happening? So was she eating right? <laughs> and on the day he showed up, Mary Toth gave birth to a rabbit number 15. Well, okay, what? <laughs> Over how many days is she giving birth to rabbits? Shockingly, both St. Andrew and John Howard really thought Toft was delivering rabbits. <laughs> was she just shoving rabbits in her vagina? That's the only thing I could think of. Why would you do that? They believed she'd been startled by a rabbit while pregnant and therefore was giving birth to baby bunnies. Oh, this is this reminds me of Twilight. Isn't that like Twilight? This insane. This is how you imprint on things, right? This like in insane Twilight? theory was now called maternal impression. So yeah, it's like Twilight. Yeah. Or as we call it today, wrong. <laughs> but not everyone this? bought it. 17, 1726. But not everyone bought into it because it was determined. Thankfully. That, baby, that rabbit's lungs could not develop inside a woman's womb. And one physician found droppings inside a, a dead, found droppings inside a dead bunny that contained. So was she giving birth to dead bunnies? One was dead and some were alive. But <laughs> the, the dropping inside the dead bunny had straw and hay, which means it was alive at one point. I almost don't even want to know. Crazier I just kind of want to let my imagination go crazy and just. You know what, fellas, if you can't get your chick to do anal, well, just tell her this story. Like, apparently somebody's just shoving rabbits in there. Crazier still. After Toph delivered half a half a rabbit. 
Half a rabbit. Someone noticed the animal had been cut in two with a knife. So St. Andrew was convinced that this baby bunny mama had actually been delivering it. So she he bought brought her to London for closer examination. But as soon as she got to London, she stopped delivering bunnies. <laughs> this is insane. as if that weren't suspicious enough. A servant then caught her sneaking a rabbit into her room. <laughs> <laughs> so a doctor then threatened Excuse to perform. Excuse me, ma'am. Where, where are you going with the rabbit? <laughs> So a doctor then threatened to perform surgery on her, and then she she confessed it was all a hoax. She was hoping to earn money from freak shows. She had been shoving rabbits inside her vagina and then pushing them out. Holy shit. Like, holy shit. So that's the story that got me going. People didn't think that immediately. As soon as somebody... the, The fact that she started this all with cat intestines, though... Before deciding to move on to rabbits. Maybe there are rabbit intestines. They just hadn't seen those yet. I don't know. Okay, but but why why internal organs of an animal? Maybe like the whole thing didn't come out right. I don't know. But yeah, Yeah. so she was just shoving animals up her vagina and then being like, pop, 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 pop. Just share this story, fellas. If if she ain't giving up the Uh, booty, just be like, listen, listen. (laughs) Women used to shove rabbits in their vaginas. Not, not women. Woman. <laughs> well, this is this is the recorded version. There could be more. There could always you be more. There might be the someone first. out there doing it now. You rarely hear about the first person to do something. It's always like, you know, it's somebody else that you hear about. That well, does I'm it sure if you talk to ER <laughs> nurses, there's probably someone who's still doing it to this day. Oh, our friend, well, Brad's wife, Trisha. Yeah, I know. She's, a, she's got great stories of things that people shove in their buttholes and and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so moving on. The did you know that mercury and I'm sure we all know mercury used to be used to treat stuff, right? Yeah. OK. Do you know it dates back to 1500 B.C.? What? Yeah. So for centuries, people thought that it treated everything. Literally, if you scraped your knee, people would rub mercury on it. Holy fuck. (laughs) Man, I can't believe we've been around as long as we have. So mercury is toxic as hell, if you didn't know. Terribly toxic. Yeah. Mercury poisoning. Yeah. And mercury, uh, symptoms of mercury poisoning include chest pains, heart and lung problems, coughing, tremors, violent muscle spasms, psychotic reactions, delirium, hallucinations, and suicidal tendencies. Doesn't it cause like the the muscle spasms thing? Isn't that like the the one that like where people just like seize up almost? Yeah, and you're just like it's like awakenings, like that movie where you're people are like. Constant state of pain though, because you're yeah, your you're terrible. Yeah. So they have been people have been curing, you know, curing things with it supposedly for thousands and thousands of years. Oof. And here's what's the reason that I wanted to tell you about it because. It is actually what killed Amadeus Mozart, as oh. opposed to what we saw in Amadeus, where but he died. But you saw in Amadeus. I haven't seen Amadeus. Oh, he died from making music, apparently, and <laughs> according to the movie. But well, uh, I don't know if that's better or worse than Padme dying of a broken heart. <laughs> according to the to the movie, he just made music to death. <laughs> so anyway, 
So huh. he but he um, you see, it was used to fight STDs and it was a cure for syphilis. So that's what that's what I'm a day. Does it explain how it cured things? Like what what a cure entailed exactly? What the hell did Mercury do that they thought it cured things? Did it cure things? Well, it that's cured things by killing the people who had them. Well, one, I mean, that's one way. One to do last it. person to have syphilis. Got rid of that syphilis, and your aunt Gina. Right. <laughs> All in one fell and swoop. And Amadeus Mozart. Right. Like no more Mozart. He made music to death, though, according to the movie. Well, yeah. So, this one is for the men in the audience. Okay. Since we already had one for the ladies. With the rabbit. Oh, let me see if this is like the rabbit thing. So were guys pretending to ejaculate mercury? Is that a thing where they put mercury in their dickheads and then shooting it out? In the late 19th century, the wonders of (laughs) electricity (laughs) became known to the common person. Surely this new technology could be used in the bedroom. Wink, wink. What technology? Electricity. Oh. So electrified Beds, elaborate uh, cock-shocking electric belts. Cock-shocking electric belts. And other strange devices were advertised as being able to return male power and prowess prowess? Prowess. by making your penis rise to electrified attention. I bet. (laughs) I fucking bet. Holy shit. There are so many pictures of this fucking... Penis. I'm on it. Shocking. What's it called? I don't know. Dick shock belt. Penis. Shock. Belt. 19th century. But what's fascinating, though, is that, like, you can find so many ads. Like, there were. So it seems that, like, once. Once it came out once or say 19th century, because you're going to find modern day ones. Yeah, there's modern day ones. <laughs> that's, that's way more horrifying to me. I'm like, this is like this is like shit. You could find it sharper image from what I can tell. In these pictures. What the fuck is going on? Did you see so, my face? No, but I saw I could see your iPad from over here. And I was like, that's like. Google shopping. Uh, yeah. Like, I I was expecting to see, like, these Old crazy... Old-timey images. Yeah. Like, apparatuses, like, this kind of shit. Yeah. Old-timey images. Holy fuck. So, yeah, like, the electric dick shock belt, like, it survived. Like, the, the negative word of mouth that apparently is still thriving to this day. Jesus Christ. They, yeah, they they send electricity through your, uh, your, your dick. I just... You realize it goes through your whole body. <laughs> like that's, that's how yeah, electricity it, works. But yeah, but it starts in your penis. Yeah, oh. Glow. You like that? No. You likes that? Is there like a horror story to go along with it or just no, the existence No, I just of wanted it? to let you know about your dick shock belt. And apparently it's still available for sale. Yeah, look at these sharper image fucking penis shockers. Like, what is this? Electric shock stimulation chastity device. Jesus Christ. Electro cage penis ring. Penis stimulator belt. Wow, this is some high tech shit. This was actually advertised. This this dick shock belt was actually advertised as a cure for impotence. I bet. 
So it was it was advertised like, oh, your dick not work? How about we shock it back into? Look at that. Oh, God. You get one for your balls and one for your penis. I like that they have a, a no symbol over the head of the dick. Like, well, like you have no idea what it could possibly be. Well, the, yeah. They're like, we blurred this part out. And so there's you're... like a little voltage meter. Good Jesus Lord. Christ. I am the most boring love, man in the bedroom in the world, apparently. I love that I found this as an old timey device only to discover it's still around. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> Look I'm, at that. I'm, I'm, uh, wow. It's a right out. This is stuff I'm finding on Amazon, by the way. Apparently, we're bordering on our actual name now. <laughs> like, come on. Right? It's For a, real. Anyway, moving on to. Wow, look, they got electrified butt plugs. Jesus Christ. I would Ooh. be afraid that I would have, like, anal leakage for the rest of my life if I electrified my butthole. Or actually, I guess he would clamp down, right? I guess. I don't know. Wow. Jesus. That's I used to think butt plugs, butt plugs were funny. Now it's electrified butt plugs. Holy shit! Oh, we should tell we should tell that that guy, our friend's ex husband, who likes to shove stuff up his butt. We should tell him. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, you do that. All right, I'll send it to him on Facebook. <laughs> we're friends with him. Um, Let me know how that goes. <laughs> all right. What do I have to lose? What's gonna do? Unfriend me? So. The last two we are all very familiar with, but I thought it'd be interesting because I didn't know the stories behind how they came about. Around the mid 1880s, scientists there are padlocks were... on these things. You are still. Can you please come back to me here, Duty? Man, you sent me down a uh, <laughs> sent me down a urethra hole here. <laughs> <laughs> That's urethra hole remains one of our most popular episodes. <laughs> that is true. So. Could you come back to me here, though? Close your iPad, then. If I just played on my iPad, this this, is your topic. Everybody else is doing that right now. Like people have stopped working to look up, (laughs) like dick shock belt. And some of our some of our listeners are probably like, "Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know about those." (laughs) Other ones are like, "I get you a good deal on one." (laughs) They're like, "No, no, that's not the website you go to. I can get you a used one." Don't buy, don't buy your dick shock belt on Amazon, you fucking noob. Man, I want to see that person's shopping history. Oh, God, you aren't logged into my Amazon account for that, right? No, that was, I was on eBay. Okay. I think I am logged into your yeah, eBay. Yeah, you are into my, logged into my eBay. <laughs> that might, might show up in your history there. And worse than that, I'm going to get emails with suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, around the mid-1880s, scientists were able to isolate the active ingredient of the coca leaf. Yep, recently viewed items. Sorry. Thanks. The electric shock male penis chastity device slash belt lock cage adjustable ring. Twenty ninety nine. in case you're wondering. <laughs> I would not want to buy that on eBay. <sighs> it comes with spooged shut. Like, no, I'm good. There, I'll just delete that for you. All right, moving on. All good right. Good Lord. As I said. It's a hell of a topic. They isolated the coca leaf, which was later known as cocaine. Cocaine. Pharmaceutical companies love this new, fast-acting and relatively inexpensive stimulant. I bet. Yeah. Who didn't? Oh, shit. I just brought up... I do all my stuff in docs, and now it's all... I don't know what I did. In 1884, an Australian ophthalmologist, Carol Kohler, discovered that a few drops of the cocaine solution put on a patient's cornea 
acted as a topical anesthetic. That's yeah. horrifying. It immediately made the eye immobile and desensitized pain and hmm. caused less bleeding, less bleeding at the site of incision, making eye surgery less risky. News of the discovery spread and soon cocaine was being used on, in eye and sinus surgeries. Marketed as a treatment for toothaches, depression, yeah. <laughs> depression, <laughs> depression yeah. sinusitis, huh. uh, lethargy, lethar lethargy, yeah, alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. might get you off the alcohol. You know, if you're an alcoholic, try cocaine. And impotence. Really? I, I think, just feel like. I think I'd, the cocaine thing is it's one of those things where if you use it too much, it has the opposite effect. So Same thing with is, your sinusitis. Yeah, it just destroy your sinuses. Right. It's like, we'll cure your sinuses. Yeah. You won't have sinuses anymore. Um, cocaine was soon being sold as a tonic, a lozenge, a powder, and being used in cigarettes. It appeared in Sears Robux catalogs. Jesus. It was popular in home remedies, such as Allen's cocaine tablets, and could be purchased for 50 cents a box and offered relief, relief from everything from hay fever and throat troubles, nervousness, headaches, and sleeplessness. How would it put you to sleep? I, uh, I don't I, know. I feel like they don't know what cocaine is. In reality, the side effects of cocaine actually caused many more of the ailments that it claimed to cures. Right. Causing lack of sleep, eating problems, depressions, and hallucinations. You didn't need a doctor's prescriptions to purchase it, and some states co sold cocaine at bars. It, <laughs> you could still buy cocaine at bars. And it was, famously, one of the key ingredients. So you, you sent me down. Oh, another hole of now I'm looking at old advertisements for for cocaine drops. This is from 1885. Yep. The next one is Bayer. You know, Bayer. They make. Um, that's my next one. Could you calm down? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like this topic. This is so much better than grizzly murder. So by 1902, there were an estimated 200,000 cocaine addicts in the U.S. <laughs> And in 1914, the Harrison Narcotics Act uh, outlawed its production, importation, importation and distribution of cocaine. So how do you cure one drug epidemic? You create a new drug. And that's what happened in the late 1880s with heroin. It was introduced as a safe, non-addictive substitute for morphine. Hmm. It was created by an English chemical researcher, and uh, he was named C.R. Adler Wright in the 1870s. But it wasn't until a chemist working for Bayer Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Felix Hoffman. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Felix Hoffman. Are you? Are you? Of Bayer. He re resynthesized heroin while he was trying to produce codeine. Thank you for looking at my topic. <laughs> Couple goals. <laughs> Hey, I woke you up from your nap with cookies. He did. Yeah, he literally put one, like, in my mouth. Finding it to be five <laughs> times more effective. We need to isolate that sample. <laughs> ID editing, so, no. <laughs> Finding it to be five times more effective and supposed, supposedly <laughs> less addictive than morphine, Bayer began advertising a heroin-laced aspirin in 1898, which they marketed towards children suffering from sore throats, coughs, and colds. 
Holy shit. Some bottles depicted children eagerly reaching for their medicines while moms giving their sick kids heroin on a spoon. Wow. Doctors started to have an inkling that heroin might may not be non-addictive, as it seems, when patients came back for bottle after bottle. Despite the pushback from, far, from physicians and negative stories about heroin side effects, Bayer continued to market and produce until 1913. Eleven years later, the FDA banned heroin altogether. So yeah, that was those are my little stories about uh, wow. medicine and and you know women pushing. Dude, that one blew my fucking mind. Uh, Holy shit. The more you this know. Is, this is like the best topic you've ever had. <laughs> That's just crazy. Well, it was the it was the bunny one that sent me down that rabbit hole. Where did you hole. even read that? Like, how do you find that? What are you looking up that you would even bizarre find? Bizarre stories. Just bizarre That's stories. That's what I googled. Some lady was like, I'm gonna shove rabbits in my, my vagina. Yeah. And then say, look, gave birth to a bunny rabbit. She's and she was just trying to she was just trying to make a living in the sideshow gigs. Wow. And unfortunately the king was like, Bring her to me. I need to see this bunny bunny poppin' mama. And like it was wow. it turned into this whole other Could thing. Could you imagine showing a rabbit in your vagina? No. But the like you said some of them were alive. Some of them were alive. She had live rabbits in and her vagina. Sometimes they would die in the you know, because of suffocation. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Yeah, when you saw, especially when there were nine in there. How big was this woman? I'm guessing large. <laughs> wow. I don't, but I mean, it could, I mean, she didn't have to be large, but it, like, what kind of person has a desire to make a living in the sideshow gigs? That's, people are willing to do anything to make some money, I guess. It was the 1700s, too. Yeah. The sideshows were a different place. Then, I guess. I don't know. I don't know anything about the 1700s. All right. So, yeah. So, my topic is... It's kind of fun, I guess. It's not as cool as yours. But I'm going to be not, talking about... It's not heroin drops? No. I'm talking about one of my all-time favorite creators. I love creators. You are... <laughs> What is that face? Uh, it's, that's my face. What, what do you What do you think I'm going to talk about? Another comic book creator? I don't know. You already look disinterested and bored. I'm just waiting. <laughs> Tell me your explain your thoughts right now. That I'm waiting. My thoughts are. <laughs> that is not a waiting face. That my is a are. like please stop talking about. I am very inspired by creators. All right. I know. Yeah. And I'm waiting. It's. It's a big I'm deal. very inspired by you hurrying the fuck up. That's me. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Get you some heroin drops. <laughs> Calm your ass down. Oh, be talking I'll take about some about cocaine drops for my sleeplessness. Yeah, that should work. <laughs> uh, creator name Matt Groening. Yeah, I know. You know what? I know that that's what you're doing because you woke my ass up playing The Simpsons. On I put on one episode of The, the Simpsons. The loudest volume I've ever heard. <laughs> it's not that loud. Uh, Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons. This dude is awesome. All right. Matt Groening was born on February 15th in, uh, 1954 in Portland, Oregon. He was the middle of five children. An older brother, Mark, and an older sister named Patty. 
Uh, he had a younger Patty sister. Training. A younger sister named Lisa. A younger sister named Maggie. And this seems a little on the nose. <laughs> his uh, his mom was Norwegian American. Her name was Margaret. And which and guess what his dad's name was? <laughs> his dad's name Homer. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and also Margaret's uh, maiden name was Wiggum. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fucking See, shit. I did not know fight. that. I didn't know that either. But yeah, Marge, Lisa, Maggie, and Homer uh, might have given him some inspiration. Wait, what's his brother's name? Mark? He has a brother, an older brother named Mark and an older sister named Patty. So Patty and Selma. Yeah. But Mark is nowhere to be seen. So, yeah. So he's like, hey, fuck you, Mark. <laughs> he's an older brother, so maybe he got picked on by him or something. Yeah, he was like... His uh, grandfather was named Abraham. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know all this. I yeah. had no idea that the entire Simpsons family was based on Matt Groening's family. I did not know that. Either did I. So he grew up in Portland, attended Ainsworth Elementary School, Lincoln High School... That explains why. That explains why Springfield is in is in Oregon. How did you know that? Because I told you that. That's. I was gonna. It was gonna be a big reveal. How do you know that? <laughs> Talk to me. Because I thought everybody did. No, I didn't know that. Oh, I did. Well, he didn't say. He said that was inspired by. It, but it was later on that he he found out that every state had a Springfield. Yeah. And that he would, you know, people would be like, oh, it's Springfield, Ohio. And he'd be like, yeah, sure. No, it's but yeah, it was just inspired by the, you know, Oregon's Springfield, I guess. Well, there goes my big reveal, man. I need some cocaine to get back on track. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll get you some cocaine. He grew up on, uh, on Evergreen Terrace, which is the same street the Simpsons live on. That's why I said it makes sense that he's in Oregon. Okay. Yeah. He attended Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington, a liberal arts school that he described as, quote, a hippie college with no grades or required classes that drew every weirdo in the Northwest. Jesus Christ, that sounds great. He served as the editor of the campus newspaper, the Cooper Point Journal. That I gotta tell you, school in the 70s sounds like, <laughs> like, not school, baby boomers, man. Like, they had no idea. <laughs> Well, this was a particular kind of school, but though. Baby boomers in general had no fucking idea what they had going on. Well, it reminds me of Arrested Development when she's like, oh, she's got yeah, an alligator she, and she spelling. she got a crocodile and spelling. <laughs> yeah, whatever it was. Uh, all right, he served as the editor of the campus newspaper, the Cooper Point Journal, for which he also wrote articles and drew cartoons. He befriended fellow cartoonist Linda Berry after discovering that she had written a fan letter to Joseph Heller, one of Graining's favorite authors, and received a re and had received a reply. Graining has credited Barry with being probably his biggest inspiration. He first became interested in cartoons after watching the Disney movie 101 Dalmatians. He also cites uh, Robert oh Crumb, God. Charles Schultz as inspirations. What? 101 Dalmatians, when that little dog doesn't make it after the birth. I've never seen 101 Dalmatians. Spoiler alert, dude. I might want to watch that one day. <laughs> I don't know. That one dog out of the hundred. I just, everybody gets it's so like, mad at me usually when I tell them I haven't seen a movie that was popular in the 80s. And I'm like. <laughs> that I, was popular before the 80s. But that's when like, I grew up, though. And that's what I know it from. It's so sad. And there's one little idiot. There's like, there's like all these dogs. and so like There was 102 Dalmatians? 
This one dog doesn't make it. I, Does she give a, birth to like 99 dogs at no, one time? No. I don't know. She saves. <laughs> I don't know the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like how big is this dog's uterus? <laughs> it's not the dog. It's the mom. It's a woman. And she just keeps popping out all these. I'm referencing my, my bunny story. <laughs> she just keeps popping out. Dalmatian. No, but some in parts. This, this this mom and pop Dalmatian has a litter of puppies, and one of the dogs doesn't make it. Okay, but ninety nine puppies. No, Corolla Deville is collecting a hundred and one Dalmatians for her coat. So how many That's actual a, living Dalmatians are there at this? Where these Dalmatians live? Like I don't know, four or five. Because there's two, and then she has a litter. Wait a minute. I, I thought all the promo material showed all these dogs were. Yeah, around. because they saved them from Cruella DeVille. That's the whole plot of the movie. And then they all go back to this lady's house. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the movie. I just thought there were 101 Dalmatians living yeah, in this house. This there one were pair. 99 of them born at a time, because I assume there's a mom and a dad, right? And then they just they pop and out 99 he's, in a litter. He's very potent, and she's very fertile. <laughs> How just, big do you think her, or her fucking gut is? Exactly. That's a cartoon, though. No. <laughs> dogs can't carry more than like Should five. I see this movie? Should I watch this movie? Uh, no. No? I mean, it's fine, but no. Is <laughs> that one sad part enough it's to put you off of it? It's one sad part. It's like, it's like when we were watching. Now, is that the one with the, Alita the spaghetti? Battle Angel. With the dogs in the spaghetti? No. That's Lady and the Tramp. I never saw it either. Oh, my God. And Lady is wrongfully accused. Of what? Being a bad dog. <laughs> That's you're so serious. You're a bad dog. Yeah, but she's, oh, no. but she's not a bad dog. She's a good dog. <laughs> Wrongfully accused of being a bad dog. So is it like the fugitive then? Is there like a Tommy yeah. Lee Jones character? And he's like, a check every dog house. And <laughs> is, that, is that where that originated? <laughs> She is. She's wrongfully <laughs> accused, and that's how she goes like out. She like runs away because she's she's wrongfully accused. So her uh, what, owner. What did her, she do that was so bad? Supposedly, her owner has a baby. Okay. And she's wrongfully accused of being a bad dog when the when there's like a I think there's a fire or something. Explain bad dog. Like what's what what did she? She's trying to alert people, and they're like they're like lady no and they're like pushing her away and like trying to get her away from the dog or from the baby and everything and they're like telling her how bad she is and she's just like you know that's what that's it that's the extent of it oh they're so mean to her and she's like you know what fuck all y'all i'm going to go live on my own and she like leaves it's very sad is there is there any crossover with 101 dalmatians like Cruella deville involved at all no okay i don't know i don't know how things worked that the there were no crossovers, universe. which is why I was so confused by Civil War when there was so much crossover going on. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? Why are people from other movies in this movie? <laughs> you said this was a Captain America movie. Yeah, that's why I was so confused. All right, back to Matt Groening. In 1977, at the age of 23, Groening moved to Los Angeles to become a writer. He went through what he described as a series of lousy jobs. Uh, he was an extra in a movie, bust tables, washed dishes at a nursing home. He clerked at a uh, place called the Hollywood Licorice Pizza Record Store. Uh, did landscaping in a sewage Say treatment licorice plant. Pizza? Uh, Hollywood Licorice Pizza Record Store. Rather be dead than go into that place. Landscaping in a sewage treatment plant, which I don't know what that entails. Sounds like landscaping at a sewage treatment plant. That's all right. 
Groening described life in Los Angeles to his friends in the form of a self-published comic book called Life in Hell, which was loosely inspired by the chapter How to Go to Hell in Walter Kaufman's book, Critique of Religion and Philosophy. Groening distributed the comic book in the book corner of Licorice Pizza. Uh, He made his first professional cartoon sale to the avant-garde magazine called Wet in 1978. Um... The strip was entitled Forbidden Words, and it appeared in the September-October issue of that year. So he had gained employment at the Los Angeles Reader, a newly formed alternative newspaper. That's one also one of my favorite things, when people are like, life in hell. I was selling my, um, my work, and I had jobs, and also I managed to become an independent creator. Well, he and did, he did a comic though it was just a comic book and it was based on it was inspired by a chapter of this book called how to go to hell i don't know I, I don't know that it was necessarily i don't think he was trying to be autobiographical he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy i've never read the comic he doesn't strike you as that kind of guy the kind of guy to be autobiographical <laughs> well no, i feel like he named when, everybody in the simpsons after his family he doesn't strike you as that kind of go, guy man yeah he uh i was i was reading this interview with him on the, the smithsonian website and he said he was drawing, he was doing the comic strip Life in Hell for about five years when he got a call from Jim Brooks, who was developing a show called The Tracy Ullman Show for the brand new Fox Network. I remember when Fox came on because I was at my great grandma's house and I would read the channel's guide from the newspaper every week. <laughs> and I remember like the night it debuted, I think it was like a Sunday and it had three shows and they just repl- just played them on repeat. And it was like Tracy Ullman Show, Married with Children. And there was one other one. I don't remember what it was. It might have been like 21 Jump Street or something like that. But they had like three shows and they just played them over and over. Dude, remember when like Johnny Depp was like new? <laughs> yeah. And now he's like washed up. So uh, Jim Brooks wanted him to come in and pitch an idea for doing little cartoons on the show. He said, I soon realized that whatever I pitch would not be owned by me, but would be owned by Fox. So I decided to keep my rabbits in life in hell. And come up with something new. So while I was waiting, I believe they kept me waiting for over an hour. I very quickly drew the Simpsons family. I basically drew my own family. Um, I drew, you know, my my father's name is Homer. Mother's name is Margaret. So I drew all of them. I was going to name the main character Matt, but I didn't think it would go over well in a pitch meeting. So I changed the name to Bart. And he said back in high school, he wrote a novel about a character named Bart Simpson. Thought it was a very unusual name for a kid at the time. Uh, he had this idea of an angry father yelling Bart. Bart sounds kind of like bark, like a barking dog. He thought it would sound funny. So in the novel, Bart was the son of Homer Simpson. And he took that name from a minor character in the novel, The Day of the Locust by Nathaniel West. And since Homer was his father's name, he thought Simpson was a funny name and that it had the word simp in it, which was short for simpleton. So that's... That's the origin of of Bart. Um, a lot more went into that than I thought there would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that's I just thought it was like, oh, I didn't want to name him Matt. So I named him a name kind of like Matt. So anyway, this, this is where I was going to explain what Springfield was named after Springfield, Oregon. He said the only reason is that uh, when he was a kid, there was a TV show called Father Knows Best. And it took place in the town of Springfield. And he was thrilled because he imagined that it was the town next to Portland, which was his hometown. So when I when I grew up, I realized it was just a fictitious name. I also figured out that Springfield is one of the most common names for a city in the U.S. So 
He said, in anticipation of the success of the show, I thought this will be cool. Everyone will think it's their Springfield. So, um, I guess I guess this interview was like the first time he divulged that. Yeah, he uh, when when it came out, it was like everywhere. Yeah. That's why I thought it was common knowledge now, because it was it was all over my feeds. Like oh. every feed I have, it was all over it. Huh. And like he finally said that. All right. Oregon. Uh, he says uh, when he was a kid, he was bullied. He said, if if you use certain words, it can only be gotten by reading a book or two that somehow enrages a certain kind of lug. When I was in fourth grade. Oh, crap. This whole thing just moved. Uh, these older kids surrounded me one day and they told me that they were going to beat me up after school. Knowing I was going to get beat up, I smashed one kid in the face as hard as I could. And then I got beaten up. The next day, all the kids were brought into the school office. They all had to apologize to me, and I just hated their guts. And the interviewer said, would you like to call them out by name now? And he said, no, but maybe they are characters named after themselves on The Simpsons. So that's, <laughs> I wonder if there's I'm any. guessing that's. Uh... <laughs> those, those three bullies whose names I can't remember. And maybe Nelson. Ha ha. Well, that's Nelson, but I was thinking the other three kids. I, can't, I don't remember the their one, name. The one kid who has a kid. <laughs> I just the like one, the one kid who's the one like, fifth grader who has a kid. <laughs> I like the one kid who he's on a date and, and he's, he's like, like, "Oh, my shirt's chafing me." He's oh, like, "These my, pants are chafing me." <laughs> now my pants are chafing me. I try that line on you all the time. You say that to me every day. <laughs> now my pants are chafing me. Oh. All right. Uh, getting back to where I was. Could you imagine if you like are were a dick to somebody or if you were, you know, like you had a bad interaction with somebody and they make it big and they name an asshole character after you. <laughs> right. And like then it runs for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> so for like <laughs> 30 years, you have a reminder of a bad incident in grade school. <laughs> I feel like those kind of people are exultant over that, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, dude, that guy's named after me. Like He's a fucking asshole. I know. Right. All right, man. So for the Tracy Ullman show, uh, the family was crudely drawn because Graining had submitted basic sketches to the animators, assuming they would clean them up. Instead, they just traced over his drawings. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the entire Simpson family was designed so that they would be recognizable in silhouette. So when and I think everybody knows this, but when Graining originally designed Homer, he put his own initials into the character's hairline and ear. The hairline resembled an M and the right ear resembled a G. Yep. Um. That was like a big deal when that when that was realized, too. Oh, uh, Graining decided this would be too distracting, though, and redesigned the ear to look more normal. He still draws the ear as a G when he draws pictures of Homer for fans. Uh, Marge's distinctive beehive hairstyle was inspired by Bride of Frankenstein and the style that Margaret oh. Graining wore during the, the 1960s, although her hair was never blue. So That's a shame. <laughs> Real missed opportunity. All right, so although... The Tracy Ullman show was not a big hit. The popularity of the uh, the shorts led to a half-hour spinoff in 1989. Uh, team of production companies adapted The Simpsons into a half-hour series for Fox. Um, James Brooks negotiated a provision in the contract with the Fox Network that prevented Fox from interfering with the show's content. So they've always had, like, free reign over their own show. That's cool. That's crazy. Graining said his goal in creating the show was to offer the audience an alternative to what he called the mainstream trash that they were watching. 
Uh, first premiered on December 17th, 1989, with the episode entitled Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, which was a Christmas special. Some Enchanted Evening was the first full-length episode produced, but it did not broadcast until May 1990 as the last episode of the first season because of animation problems. The series quickly became a worldwide phenomenon to the surprise of many. Graining said, nobody including, thought The Simpsons was going to be a big hit. Including my parents. And sneaked up on everybody. Me, would so, not let me watch it. I wasn't allowed to watch it either, but I wasn't allowed to watch anything because we didn't have TV. <laughs> I hate that I say that all the time, but it's it's like, it's just a fact that hey, never listener. goes away. Hey, listener, did you hear? Yeah. If you're just joining some of us. These, some of these people are new. They don't know. They don't know about my crazy religious upbringing. We're just joining us. Sean, all right, but yeah. TV. So... My friends, Steve and Rob, especially, uh, they had Simpsons shirts. You know, Simpsons shirts were everywhere. I remember going to the mall and they were selling them at like pennies and just everywhere. There were Simpsons merchandise everywhere. And I was just enamored by it. Like, it it was just one of those things. It looked great. It was a cartoon. I never had it. And Bart looked great. And now I have, they remade the one shirt I wanted, which was the Bart Simpson. I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Yeah, they reprinted that a few years ago i have it now <laughs> just basically just spend my life trying to get all the things i couldn't have when like I was if a you're kid. a big archetype person i am married to a peter pan <laughs> what, what is a peter pan it's an archetype there's different archetypes like what are you are you a wendy no i'm more like a rebel i'm a rebel dotty you're a, you're a, i'm not a rebel no you're oh a okay. peter pan not a rebel you at refuse all. to grow up <laughs> i feel very grown up you shouldn't. <laughs> Is that not part of my charm? <laughs> Sean just bought 18 cookies like two hours ago, and we have one left. <laughs> so <laughs> that's we're not, a house that's full. That's not of, me, though. We're a house full of children. Yeah. Anyway. I think it's funny that I'm not a rebel, though. I'm a rebel, Dottie. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so uh, for younger listener out there, the Simpsons was fucking huge. Like it was a cultural phenomenon for probably all of 1990, at least. And, and now it's been on the air for like 70 years. Now it is the longest running TV show ever, basically. Or like other uh, than like 2020, other than like the Tonight Show and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's um, the longest. It's certainly the longest running animation. Yeah. Like, I absolutely, absolutely. It's been on forever. Yeah. And find the... I'm pretty sure Matt Greening's All right. Psychic. All right. Is, it's the longest running anything? U.S. primetime television series in history and the longest running U.S. animated series and sitcom. So is he, is he saying anything in, in there about how he's psychic? People ask him about that. Because, yeah. uh, like, there was that one thing about Trump being president yeah. and stuff. He was like, well, I just was thinking of, like, the, the worst person that could ever, would never, ever be president when I wrote that. And that was, like, the 90s. So it was Donald Trump. That was, <laughs> he's like, that's that's why that happened. Because it just didn't seem like a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also went on to create uh, Futurama. Which is fucking fantastic. Which debuted in 1999. And then on Netflix, he has a show called Disenchantment, also an animated series, which we watched a few episodes of. It was pretty good. Yeah, we just didn't. We just we we got distracted by other things. Yeah, we just phase in and out of stuff on on shows. Yeah, Futurama's stuff. great. Simpsons great. Uh, first like twelve seasons of The Simpsons are just fantastic. And 
it must still be good because or to an extent that the fact that it's still on, it must be pulling some ratings. Somebody somewhere still, I've seen some of the newer episodes. They're not, they're not bad, but how much material can you have over 30 years? You know, like that's an insane amount of material to have about this one family. Right. This one family who like is still in fourth and fifth grade right. and a baby. Like there's only so much you can do. Oh, and his sister Maggie uh, wrote a book about Maggie Simpson. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's cute. That's weird, but it's cute. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like the Simpsons. I I think everybody that, but you can you can watch the Simpsons on the FX app. They have every episode on there. However, there is commercial interruption no matter what. However, Disney, since Disney owns Fox now, they're going to be putting the Simpsons on their Disney Plus app, which better not fucking have commercials. I can't believe Disney owns the Simpsons. Yeah. What doesn't Disney own? Right. That's kind of, well, they don't own fucking Spider-Man cinematic rights. I can tell you that much. They don't own that. They don't own Spawn. They don't own Spawn. Todd McFarlane owns Spawn. Todd McFarlane has seen that. <laughs> Good for him. And they, they don't own the DC Universe yet. They probably don't want to because DC Universe is pretty lame. DC DC is like, hey, guys, did you want to buy this? They're like, no, thanks. We're good. We're all set. Have you seen your shit? We're good. I think I'm going to do an episode. I, I think I just had some inspiration where what what can we do to help DC be better? Burn it all to the ground and start over. <laughs> now, well, the thing is, because Aquaman and Shazam were so successful and Shazam wasn't bad, but it's I don't think it's anything to build a whole world out of by any means unless it's a kid's world yeah it's it's very middle of the road it's very childish aquaman is you know just awful uh but now that those are successful that's where dc is going to go pretty much is trying to pursue the the humor i say the the humor of shazam which you know is, there's like two jokes that made me laugh but you know what I mean? That that really super light, jokey tone. And then Aquaman, which was kind of the opposite, where it was just like, it was just constant bum, bum, bum. There was like two points in it where you were supposed know, to man. laugh, I think. Pulling a flute out of your pussy is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so you've done it. You're doing a crossover now. Yeah. You're a crossover with the American Pie universe. That's good. That's solid. All right. Well, I have to edit this and get it up because it needs to go live in two hours. So that's All right. that. That's some, that's some, uh, that is not batching. That is the opposite of batching. Right. Pushing it to the wire for you folks. Right. This is, this is pretty close to live. <laughs> Almost a live episode. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs> we, we love you. All right. Bye. <laughs>